welcome to Our Parents Did What? A tour of the parenting perils of yesteryear. I'm Diane Aragona. And I'm your co-host, Jen Tierney. Join us as we travel back in time to take a look at the sometimes unbelievable history of parenting. Hey, Diane. Hello, Jen. (laughs) How's it going? I'm okay. I'm... I'm hanging in. It's rough. We're so 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 everyone knows most of our episodes we record well in advance of when we release them. It's just sort of like how I can manage to to handle like the editing and everything else. Well, yeah, because you're a mom of 3 and you're it's working full time. It's a lot. So, um so usually we record well in advance and then I've got time to sort of, you know, like work on the episode over time and get it out. So we have like a huge backlog of episodes and stuff and I pull from that, you know, but Mm -hmm. we are recording today on March 25th and this episode is probably coming out within within just a few days. It's very timely because we want to be able to talk about what's going on in the world right now, which is particularly interesting if you are a parent. (laughs) (laughs) That's just my personal experience. I don't know. Should I go ahead with my mom moment because it's yes. very um, timely? <laughs> go for it. Hit me up with your with your times we are in mom moment. Due to our uh, social distancing that is going on right now and our uh, decision to kind of like self-quarantine unless we have to go to the grocery store or anything, we are home with our 11-month-old daughter. Well, she'll be 11 months tomorrow. 11-month-old mm-hmm. daughter. And still working full time. So my husband and I own our own business and we teach private music lessons. And usually my dad comes twice a week to watch the baby. My aunt watches her once a week. My friend watches her once a week. We've got like four days of the week covered usually with people helping to watch her so that we can work and then also do things like eat and go to the bathroom, which is helpful. <laughs> we have none of that because my dad is 70 and I, you know, has a heart condition and I'm worried about him coming here, you know. God forbid if we're carrying something, but also I just really want him to stay home. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, so we don't have anybody coming to help with the baby. So it's literally been, you are just on 24-7 and I go straight from being with the baby to walking downstairs and 30 seconds later being in a lesson and then after the lesson, walking upstairs and 30 seconds later being like hit with a crying baby or mm-hmm. like... You know, oh and, and you know, my husband is feeling the same way. So it's interesting. And we have to juggle our lessons, too. So we've had to move all the times around, which has been OK because the kids are not in school. So their online learning is a little different. Mm-hmm. Their schedules are a little bit more flexible. But, man, after the first week of this, like, social distancing and being home and oh, and we're doing all our lessons over FaceTime mm-hmm. and Skype. I should have mentioned that. So we're not leaving the house. Everything is online. So after this first week of like just being on constantly and I mean, when you're momming, you're working too. So just like Mm -hmm. working all the time. And my, my daughter is going through a real separation anxiety phase, Mm. particularly with mommy. So when I'm down in my lessons, like when I walk down to my lessons, I hear her yelling, mama, mama, mama. (laughs) And then when my husband and I are both around, she wants me a lot. So it's like, even when we're both around, I'm still the one like (laughs) with her. So uh, I was feeling kind of overwhelmed and tired and I just started snapping at my husband and I was not happy and he had had some time to play video games, which like I totally allowed him to do and it was Mm -hmm. fine, but I was getting a little resentful over it, which is my own fault because I should have just said, 
I'd like some time to myself, you know? Yes. Um, well. So he <laughs> he saw me getting a little um, anxious and upset and overwhelmed. And he stopped me and he was like, why don't you go make yourself a cup of coffee and go read a book? And yeah. I was like, I'll just be 20 minutes. I'll be really fast. And he was like, why don't you just go take an hour? Oh. And I did. And I, I made myself a cup of coffee and I read this book that I had put away and I hadn't touched for like a month. And I got a few chapters down and I just kind of relaxed and had some downtime. And then since then, I feel like he's been much more conscious of like helping me have a break. And we've been like really working together in a way. I feel like having this time alone, the two of us with the baby and having to juggle so much has really taught us to like be a team better. Yeah. That's which is great. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like the first week we were a little at each other's throats. I'm not going to lie, but it's because like it was all so new and unfolding. And also it's just a stressful situation because every time one of us goes to the grocery store and comes home, I'm going to worry for 14 days. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it's nerve wracking. But this was just a long way of saying that I feel like we are um, finding a nice balance in this crazy, hectic time of being parents and business owners. And mm -hmm. I appreciate my husband for being so supportive. And uh, it's so far, we're all surviving. That's good. Yeah. So you remind me there's this wonderful video that I'll send to you later. I'll maybe put a link up to it on the show notes is a video by a doctor about how to bring things food items into your home from the outside world during the pandemic. And it is so painfully thorough. It's oh. wonderful. So you you and Chuck can go to the supermarket and follow this guy's recommendations and know for certain that you and your house and your food are clean. <laughs> oh, please send me that. It's great. It's really good. I feel like I have a very similar mom moment in that it's very much tied to the time we are in. My mom moment is every moment for the last 12 days, because that is how many days I have been at home with my kids. We, <laughs> we, we took them out of daycare a week before the daycares actually closed because we were just like, no, this is, this is silly. We're not, we're not doing this for sure. Someone at the daycare has this and we're not, <laughs> we're not going to oh, just yeah. like invite that. No. So so we've been home for, I, I believe it's 12 days now. It might be 13, but I've lost count. Um, <laughs> it's really been intense. And so my mom moment comes, I mean, it's it's all day, every day. I'm, I'm momming now and working full time. And there's three of them. So it's, I don't know. It's all the time. Also, constant. the weather hasn't <laughs> been great. Yeah, it's been constant. And the weather hasn't been great. So I can't kick them out of the house and let them run around outside. Also, when I do let them run around inside, because it is nice out, sometimes our neighbors are outside and they immediately, like, escape our backyard and try to go and, like, see those people. And I have to be like, no, you can't go see those people, and which they don't understand, even though I've explained to them. Like, I've given them the kids' version of there is a, a cold going around you don't want. <laughs> right. Like, so, yeah, there's really just no escaping it at this point. And my husband and I, we both work full time. So we're trying really hard to to do the juggling, which is just it's really intense. Um, neither of us can really work a full normal schedule at the moment. Like I'm waking up really early and working before the kids get up and then I work after they go to sleep. And I'm, I know that Joe's doing something sort of similar during the day where he's sort of like peppering his day with work in between taking care of the kids. And it's just, and I'm sure a lot of people are doing that right now. 
the most wonderful of mom moments comes in the evening, the hour between when we finish dinner and right before the kids go to bed, when I go over to my box of <laughs> Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> it's kind of fantastic and so convenient. Yes, it's so great. So I get myself a glass of wine and I sit down and I read the kids some books and I try to chill out a little bit and like just have this little quiet moment that's still incredibly loud, but mm -hmm. it's the quietest it's going to get because as soon as they go to bed, I have to be asleep like an hour later because I have to wake up so early to do the whole thing over again. And Diane, the hardest part of all this is who knows how long it's going to last. This could be months. <laughs> we just got word today that the daycares and schools aren't going to open until May 4th at the earliest. So like... Oh, well, in New Jersey, they are now closed until further notice. They yeah. won't give an end date. Yeah. So I think so it's for knows? the rest of the school year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I think they're kidding themselves if they think it's going to be opened before the end of the school year up here. But to know that that's how long I have <laughs> in this situation that I've only been in for two weeks is like, oh, God. There, there are days when when I feel like we've got it down and we have a good routine. Like mm -hmm. yesterday, we were we were in a really good rhythm, and and today was pretty good too. And and before I came downstairs, Chuck was like, I got him. He's putting the baby to bed, so I got him a bottle. I got the baby in her pajamas, and I kind of like tag teamed it. And then I threw the baby over to him and was like, I'm going downstairs. And mm -hmm. he he yelled to me, "You're the best mom ever." And I was like, "You're the best dad ever." And we like air high fived, and then I went downstairs. So I was like, "We got this." But then there are other <laughs> days where like I oh, yeah. just go into the bathroom and start crying. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is that when you have kids, every day is different. Every single day is like one day they love chicken nuggets and the next day it's poison. Like, who knows? You can't guess. And you so, can't go out to the store and get something they like. <laughs> no, you can't. You just have to make do with what you have. So it's just been a series of like, oh, no, I can't fix this specifically because I I literally can't fix this. I'm stuck in this house right now. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, so anyway, I thought that I'd try to be topical this week and cover something that, that as soon as I had this thought for this show, as soon as I was like, oh, I want to talk about the history of parenting things. Mm -hmm. um, this was a thing I really wanted to talk about. So, Diane, today I'm going to tell you all about the pox party. Oh my God, I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be great. So I already knew a little bit about this. And I think some people will probably already have some some understanding of what this is, mostly because they're not that historic, which w was surprising to me, but also shouldn't have been that surprising to me. So in 1995, this is like the important year, I was 10 years old. How old were you in 1995? I was, wow, math is hard late at night. I was six. <laughs> six, okay. So, <laughs> so you were six, I was 10. That is the year that the chicken pox vaccine came out. So so we didn't get it. Did I did not get, get it. it. Nope, no. I did not get it. You did not get it. I don't think either of my brothers got it. So before 1995, pox parties were really, really common because you had this childhood illness that was very common that most people got. And also, you it was an illness that if you didn't get it as a child and instead you got it as an adult, it was it was pretty well documented that it would be worse. Like shingles, which is the yes. adult version of chickenpox, is pretty bad, pretty miserable. 
And I think that it's generally accepted that having the chicken pox as a young person is favorable to that. But this was all obviously before there was a vaccine for such things. So one of the things that I, I'm trying to figure out if this is like a real memory or not, because, you know, like sometimes you have things that, that are in your head that you're like, oh, yes, I remember this thing happening. But then like time is a funny thing and memory is a funny thing. So maybe not. So I apologize if I'm throwing my mom under the bus on this one. Um, <laughs> but I seem to remember that when I was young, I contracted the chickenpox. I don't remember who in my family got it first. But all three of us definitely had it around the same time, if not at the same time. And I don't remember if one of us just got it from school and then like my mom made sure we all got it so that we all just had it and we dealt with it all at the same time. Um, because it's obviously better for all of your kids to have like three or four bad days all at the same time, as opposed to like one of them has it and then the other one gets it and then the other one gets it, you know, and then it's like, oh, yeah a week and a half or two weeks of misery. So I understand, like, if you have three children, just make sure they all have it simultaneously. So, but I am I have that memory in my mind that, like, all of us had it at once. Um, and I hope that that's accurate. If it's not, I apologize, Mom, for <laughs> making you sound like you infected all of us. <laughs> I have the same memory. I, And again, like, my dad could listen to this and be like, you're completely wrong. But I have a memory that... My brother, I don't know who had it first, but I have like this weird memory in my brain of like, we used to take baths together because we yeah, were siblings. Of course. But even though one of us had the chicken pox, like we were still taking baths together because my mom was like, well, if one of them has it, the other one's going to get it anyway. And like, they might as well just get it now. <laughs> exactly. But again, might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. But that's, but that was very much like the accepted mentality of all of that, you know, like, oh, my kid has the mumps. I will make sure all of my kids get the mumps and then we'll we'll get through this thing. So basically you have this phenomena of, well, one kid has it. That kid is like seen as this tiny little gold mine. Like, oh, all the parents, all the parents. I have a kid with chicken pox. All of you come to my home, come to flock to my home and you will all let your children play with my child. And then all of you will get infected. And it was like a, a public service. You know, it was like, I'm providing this disease to you so that you can control the scenario in which your child gets it. You know that they're going to have it. You know to keep them home and keep them quarantined unless you have another child that you want to infect. You know, like <laughs> it, it all it all sort of was very much like, yeah, just infect all the kids so that they can all have this thing, which is relatively mild as a child. And then They'll grow up and they'll be safe because the people were like, we don't want them to have this as an adult. So it was really like we're trying we, – the people were trying to do what they felt was best in the long run. Can I interject here for a second? Mm -hmm. Really quick. Yes. I might be wrong, but I feel like – I don't know if it was my pediatrician or a friend's pediatrician, but I feel like even pediatricians were like, oh, yeah. oh the son has it. Well, you might as well just have your daughter have it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. It was, it was very, I think it was very common because I think that it, at least in the case of chickenpox, I, I can't say as much for measles and mumps, but with chickenpox, I think it was considered to be a mild enough ailment that it was, it was sort of like, oh yeah, just get it, just get it. And then it's done. And then you move on. It was like a cold. Like people, I don't think, felt as concerned about it as 
something that was more serious, like having it as an adult. Um, and I remember hearing that a lot as a child of like, you have to get it now. You have to have this now yes. because you don't want to have it when you're older, you know? And that was very much like a thing I remember hearing as a young child. So it was like, okay, I definitely want to get it. And I, I also remember being like, yeah, I got chicken pox. Like when I was little being like happy that I got it, like losing a tooth, like, yeah, it's a rite of passage. Do you remember kids showing each other like their first, cause you know, that first chicken pox sometimes mm-hmm. scars and like, yeah. do you remember kids being like, this is my chicken pox scar? Yes. I think I still have mine. I do too. Mine's on my neck. I think mine is on my, my stomach, but yeah. Yeah. Like it's there and I can still point to exactly where it is. And yeah, I know. It's really funny. And like kids today, they don't even know. <laughs> They'll never have that joy. <laughs> okay. So you've got these chicken pox parties and pox parties more in general. And then the vaccine comes out in 1995. And so there's obviously a lowering of the amount of pox parties that were happening because now you don't need to infect your child with this disease. You can just get them vaccinated and they never have to have it. And how wonderful and lovely. And Mm -hmm. I I think – I don't know. So I should preface everything I say in this episode with, I am not a doctor. I'm not giving any medical advice. I don't know anything about these things beyond what I've read on the internet like any other person can do. So please take what I say with a grain of salt. The thing with the vaccine that from what I found was that it's not quite clear yet if that provides like lifelong immunity. And because it it came out in 95, I don't think that the population of people who who've been given that vaccine are now old enough yet to know whether or not it also protects them from shingles as older adults. So that's like one of those things that I don't know. And I couldn't find for certain, oh, yes, this is fine. You get it as a kid and then like you're good for life. And I don't know that they know that yet. Anyway, you would think that because a vaccine is now available and everyone can go and get their child vaccinated from this, that there would be no reason to have pox parties anymore, Diane. But you know what? You would be wrong (laughs) because pox parties are still a thing. Would you like to know who has pox parties? Who? (laughs) Anti-vaxxers. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, there are very few things that I'm going to be super, super duper opinionated about on this show. But vaccinating your kids is definitely one of them. I feel very strongly about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to hide that fact. (laughs) I think it's really important. Uh. (laughs) We're most definitely going to get some uh, comments on this. But you and I are on the same page with that. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about like current pox parties because I think that it's an interesting thing. There's a lot of stuff that I found about what happens today that I thought was unique to this time that I thought, you know, would be interesting to go through. So there are all the people who don't want to vaccinate their kids, but they still don't want them to have certain childhood illnesses in ways that are uncontrolled or scary. So if they find a child who is who has some disease that they're worried about, they're like, oh, well, I'll just let my kid get this and then they'll have immunity. And then I don't have to be worried about them. Um, so still for chicken pox, measles, mumps, yada, yada. People still do it for measles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Sure they do. <laughs> like, let them get it so that we don't have to, <sighs> you know, and it's, it's just, it's very, the whole thing is silly, Diane. That to some people feels like the equivalent of vaccinating because it still produces the end result of immunity. So basically, currently, the reason why pediatricians 
do not recommend you have pox parties of any kind is because factually through science, we know that the complications of common diseases like the chicken pox and measles and mumps are much more common and way more severe than the side effects or complications that you could get from a vaccine. So like, this is just, this is just like fact. Yeah, but so, people don't like facts in today's day and age. <laughs> I can't change what facts are. I can't change what like deep science and research show us. I can just tell you what, tell you what they say. So, but I think that that's really an important thing to remember is that like, yeah, the chicken pox is mild, but there's still a really good chance that your kid's going to get, you know, a variant of chicken pox related pneumonia. They could get, what's it called? Encephalitis? Yeah, it results in brain damage. So like you could do really, really terrible, bad damage to your kid. There's less damage, less likelihood of damage and less severe damage if you get the vaccine. So I don't know. Take that for what it's worth. The other thing that I thought was truly fascinating about people who want to infect their children with illnesses today mm-hmm. <laughs> is that there is in fact, an online market for this practice. So let's say you have a kid who has chickenpox and you want to provide a really helpful service to other people whose children haven't had chickenpox yet but would like their child to have chickenpox. Well, you can go on Facebook (laughs) or other social medias and sell your child's contaminated things to people who want to give these illnesses to their children. So now that's just dangerous on so many levels yeah. because you really don't know yeah. what somebody has with that's a rash. Exactly and a fever. right. So people have their kid like suck on a lollipop or sleep in bed sheets or whatever, and then they take that contaminated thing and they put it in the mail, which by the way is illegal in most states and countries. You can't male biohazardous contaminated material with germs on them knowingly and they put it in the mail and they send it off to be consumed or whatever by some other kid diane you wouldn't go up to some random stranger on the street and say oh your child looks ill can i please have the tissue you just used to blow his nose and use it to blow your child's nose is disgusting like no but this is there's a market for this and people pay good money to purchase the used lollipops of children with diseases i don't know what's worse the person that buys it or the person that sells it. i don't know it's both terrible i think so the (laughs) what is the one shining ray of light in that specific tidbit diane is that most of these diseases don't travel well. They don't (laughs) live outside of the human body for very long. So if you give your kid a lollipop and stick that in the mail and it gets to somebody's house two days later, that lollipop's got nothing on it except like cardboard box stuff. So it's actually just a big racket. But again, this is the issue with this whole movement is that it is not based in any facts. No. So So I've got some more topical current event-y pox party and pox party adjacent things that I wanted to to go over. So in recent history, some some parties that have occurred 
In 2009, when we had the swine flu, in Canada, there was a, there's a rumor, I don't know if it was true or not, but there was this rumor that there was this big flu party and all these people got together because they were like, let's just get it and get it over with. Oh, my God. This is like, don't do this, people. This is just, and I mean, I think we know better now. I think we know better now. I think you're giving people a lot of credit. <laughs> oh, just wait, Diane. We're, we're oh, going to no. get there. Okay. All right. So... Then in let's see, 2019. Okay, so this is very recent. Although very. this is this is when the I, I should rephrase this. This is when the interview was given. The interview was given in 2019 from Kentucky Governor Matt Bevan. Poor Matt Bevan. This is probably like going to be the first line in his obituary. Um, but he <laughs> he was in this. He was on this interview and he was bragging to the interviewer that he had taken all nine of his children to a pox party so that they'd all get the chicken pox. And this was, like, pretty sure since the vaccine had come out. And he he obviously, like, was in a lot of hot water for being like, just take your kids to pox parties. It's fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> come on, dude. So, that's oh, fine. All right. So, let's get real current. Diane, you knew we were coming Hit here. Hit me. I know. All right. I'm excited. So I think these are two headlines that most people probably have heard of at this point, but I would be remiss to talk about parties in which virulent diseases were spread without mentioning these two very current topics. So in Connecticut, there was a, an upscale party, as the New York Times referred to it, that had, I think, upwards of 100 people at it. And now there are 40 people who are at this party who've all been exposed to and spread coronavirus. Mm. So way to go. Way to go, party people. <laughs> well, <sighs> I was listening to NPR, as I do every morning, and they were saying how the, the difference between this current pandemic and all the pandemics before this are that all the pandemics before this really hit the poor and the working class. Mm -hmm. And this pandemic, I mean, it's hitting everybody, yeah. but it's starting with rich and wealthy people because they can afford to travel. Yes. And so it's hitting these people that think they're invincible mm -hmm. and like these, these public figures and like, and, and to me, I, I just thought that was so fascinating. And so the fact that a bunch of people at a party got it makes me like, well, there you go. Yeah. I think that we're going to see more of this while I'm invisible. I'm like, I'm, this isn't going to touch me. Um, and we got all of those reports early on that like, oh, this doesn't do anything to young people. This is an old people, immunocompromised people problem. So all these young people are like, ah, it's fine. I'll just eh, do whatever. Which, even if that were the case, which it's not, mm -hmm. do you love your grandmother? Yeah, do you, you can love still your spread it, you big dummies. I don't know. I think more people are like finally wising Getting up it? to that. Yeah, but... but it's a little late now. <laughs> I know, right? So- so back I have to, strong feelings about I this. Do, I'm sorry. I know. Go on. I do, I do as well. This is this is not a time to. Mm -hmm. I know. Good thing so, we're not a current events podcast. I know, honestly. <laughs> so heading back to Matt Bevan in Kentucky, not to him, poor man, um, but but to Kentucky, <laughs> a group of young people, young people. I don't know how old they were, but probably in their young twenties, as a protest against social distancing because. If you're going to protest these days, I guess that's the best thing to protest against. I don't know. I guess. With all the things going on in the world, let's protest against social distancing. They decided to have a coronavirus party. That's what it's been called. And now at least one of them has tested positive. So 
I'm sure some people at that party are also now going to test positive. I'm sure. Hooray. Like, they held the party to be like, nothing's going to happen. Everything's going to be fine. This thing's not going to make us sick. And even if it doesn't make them sick, you're going to be a carrier for it. And you're going to get a whole bunch of other people sick. So, like, Mm -hmm. come on, guys. Well, somebody in New Jersey got arrested. Have you heard this? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, good. He was like in a store and he coughed on this poor old woman and then was like, I have coronavirus, which I don't think he does. But like, I mean, he could. Who knows? (laughs) I mean, we don't we don't have tests, Diane. So we We all do. We all have it. We all have it. I'd be I treat everyone as though they have it. Yeah, I have it for sure. Like, I'm just treating the world as though I and everyone I know have it because Mm -hmm. that's the only way to like be cautious enough. Yep. You know, just like. But yeah, they're going to start treating it as an act of terrorism, which they should. As they should. <laughs> like, come on. Come on, people. So. What a time, though. Like, yeah. The early 90s and the late 80s, like, I don't know. I just feel like pox parties, they fit so well in that. Yeah, time. they did. <laughs> it was a, it was a real, it was a time of like, don't be worried about stuff. Just like, yeah. just do what you're going to do. Let your kids do what they're going to do. Like Nobody th- was worried about screen time no, or like. None of that. Um, yeah. We ruined parenting for ourselves by learning too much. Mm-hmm. Just too much. Like you just got to let your kids do their thing. <laughs> I have to say that I have been way less hard on myself since being home with the oh, baby for yeah. two weeks mm-hmm. because I have to get work done. So sometimes she is going to sit in front of a Sesame Street video for yep. a half hour and sorry. Yeah. That's <laughs> and just what's I've had happen. to let a lot of that go. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I know it's that's very I think that's sane of you. That's yeah. just what you got to do. So, yeah, I understand. So I think like. The reason why I wanted to talk about this specific topic today was really because I feel like we are living right now inside of history. Like what is happening in the world right now is this huge historic event that we're going to be forever changed by as like just you and me, but also the entire world. And I think that thinking about like the history of how we as a people deal with illness with our children is is really interesting when you then look at today and how incredibly cautious we're being and how cavalier we've been in the past yeah (laughs) and how cavalier some people still are today and you know that this like they're eventually going to come out with a vaccine for this thing yeah we have a flu shot we'll have a coronavirus shot eventually hopefully this is the kind of thing that mutates so slowly that you can get it once and you know they're saying it's that it seems to be that way Mm -hmm. so i'm hoping yeah but you know there's still gonna be people out there who aren't gonna get it and then we're gonna have these little like rashes of it every so often and they're gonna ruin it for everybody else and this is why we can't have nice things it's exactly why we can't have nice things so we're very opinionated this episode sorry sorry if you're all coronavirus out and you had to come here and end up getting more of it. What am I going to, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? That's just, I don't know. I think we would have been remiss if we kind of just didn't talk about it at all. That's what I think. So, I mean, as parents, I think we need to take care of our kids. And before a vaccine existed for certain illnesses, that was the best way to do it was to get your kid immune. Like I get that. I understand that. That makes sense. Thank goodness, though, now we have a vaccine and we can truly say our parents said what? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, because now we can do better. Mm-hmm.
Wow. That was great. That's like a blast from the past. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I hope everybody got a little nostalgia, a little bit of, oh, I remember having the chicken pox as a kid because not many people, like not many more people on this planet can say that after a few years from now. Like, yeah, that's it. Most people won't remember. Thank goodness. So what else do we have to do at the end? Do we just have to do our sign-offs? Um, uh, you can uh, find us on... Um, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. All yeah, the, we're all the fun places. today. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. We're, you know, that's what... One of the things with this this whole pandemic is that when everything starts to bleed together, all of the parts of yourself, because you're inside being all the versions of you simultaneously for everyone and not getting to like reset and just be you for a few minutes. I think that it turns your brain into jelly. Uh (laughs) I think that like, I couldn't tell you what day it is. No idea. Cause I I really had to think about it for a second. Yeah. Yeah. I don't work only Monday through Friday now because I have to work every day to make my hours for my week. So like, I, ha- I have to work every day a little bit. And so I don't, I have no idea what day it is. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, a, I think it's not a weekend. Oh man. It is That's not a weekend. At. Oh good. Well, <laughs> at least I'm not that far off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. So yes, you can find us all over the internet, slightly less opinionated than in this episode. Yeah. I have to do this occasionally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And our music is by Theo Rosenberg. Yes. And Theo, I just want to give him a little plug. Um, He just came out with uh, a new single that you can stream. And of course, I don't have the name of it in front of me. Worst person ever. But if you find him on Instagram, he is um, theowr.music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can find more information there, but he just came out with a single. You can stream it on Spotify and Apple Music, I think, and YouTube, uh, you know, all the streaming platforms. So mm-hmm. check it out. It's called You. Oh, nice. That's easy. Please enjoy You by Theo Rosenberg playing underneath our, uh, our sign off today. Until next time. Please don't expose your children to infectious diseases. Myself in you. I couldn't find myself with you. I couldn't even miss you. But then you took me away and you made me change for you. You I can tell you how you changed my life You would build me up and you waste my time Who do you think you are? You must be crazy You won't make it far But you think you'll reach the stars Uh, I am waiting for uh, I-
Still. 